You have one new voicemail message. Message received 10th of December at 12 p.m. What's up, I'm Pat Fano. Pehiana. For myself, it's all about putting that indigeneity on the big stage, eh? With powerhouses like Taika Waititi, Miratamita, and Barry Barclay, we can put our indigeneity on the biggest screens in the world. And I reckon this is a space where indigenous peoples can empower themselves, learn from each other, and reflect and take their own action. And I'm always going to be proud of that. I think these avenues of influence can allow for many groups in the country to express themselves too, and they can make their own footprint, which is sick. I think the nature of the art also allows for our special Kiwi identity to be presented in the creative ways it deserves, and it provides a space for Aotearoa to tell the world what we think, how we think, and in whatever ways we like, which I reckon's gangster and would definitely stand by. But yeah, surely a Sunday run sometime soon. Much love. Kakeets. Fucking floor to somebody. First article comes from Stuff from October 2010. Headline states The Hobbit shoot should stay in New Zealand. Caption reads, that's right, after weeks of controversy, a resolution has finally been reached. Are you happy with the result? First comment comes from Chris. So right, 2,000 jobs, New Zealand again on the map, RE Tourism. More opportunities for New Zealand films, and yes, even for the actors who thought they were getting a raw deal. Also, more money to spend in New Zealand means the teachers, at Tony Hunter, may be able to get a salary increase sooner rather than later. So At, at Tony Hunter? At Tony Hunter. <laughs> so, like, reading that back, uh-huh. it's almost like Chris may be employed by Tony Hunter or I, I don't... I'm not sure. I mean, Tony Hunter is in all caps for those people at home as well. Yeah. Uh, Chris definitely... Imagine calling someone by their government name in the, yeah. <laughs> in and, the comments. And a bit of background, Tony Hunter actually does work in the education space in the South Island. So it seems as though this is like a really personal dig at Tony Hunter. We keep telling people, stop including personal information in the comments. Exactly. Not someone's government name. Not only that, I know you're in the South Island now, Chris. Yeah, damn. Come on. Hey, looking at the rest of the comment, Mm. the Prime Minister's office said that 3,000 jobs at a minimum, and that's not even counting for flow-on jobs, is what helped service the community around The Hobbit. 3,000 jobs is here. I mean, Chris says 2,000. The fact that they're off by 1,000 is a bit of a, a bit of a farce. That's right. Mm. And even on top of that, that's 6,750 domestic flights. Oh they gosh. paid for 93,000 bed nights hired, oh, no. 1,800 rental cars, and 1,650 work vehicles. Getting so much money into the New Zealand economy. I mean... When you said 6,700 and whatever domestic flights. That's wild. 6,000 flights? I can't even imagine what that would even feel like. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, we're just a podcast. We haven't taken any flights. <laughs> nope, not yet. We haven't booked any rental cars. <laughs> Holy, we haven't even paid for a bed night. But, yo, that is ridiculous. For one production. And look, it just speaks to the value that The Hobbit has actually brought to the country. I mean, I can't argue there.
Now, on the other side of things, there was a bit of controversy around the $67 million subsidy that was actually given to Warner Brothers by the government. But I mean, looking at the stats, right, uh, Stats New Zealand showed that the film industry employed 15,500 people and more than 23,000 jobs ending March 2011. Oh. Which is like, and look, I've chucked a lot of numbers to you. Hey, look, Mr. Stereo Statistic, it's what I do. But just to kind of get it so you understand. So where Kai is from, Kai Taya, mm -hmm. has a population of 6,310. Where I grew up in Wellington, Karori, has a population of 15,660. So that's for every person in Karori getting a job in the same place. That just shows <laughs> the value it brought to the country. This is what I'm trying to tell you. This is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I mean, I understand the controversy, right? Well, I mean, with this many jobs and stuff, there's going to be a little bit of controversy. It's almost worth it, maybe. Next comment comes from Mark. Apparently, the two Hobbit films will be made in New Zealand after all. But I find our dealings with Warner Brothers has left a very sour taste in my mouth. I am left wondering if they even like films. My joy has been tainted by these financial pole dancers. Bit of imagery there. Yo, I, also, why the why the kind of the shot? Is that a shot? Is that a shot dancers? at pole dancers? I don't know. Maybe it's not. It, Maybe I'm reading into the comment too much. It could be. I mean, look, without a doubt, Mark definitely got creative in there. Yeah. I'll give him points for that. And I mean, some of Mark's point is correct. New Zealand did pass a Hobbit law where John Key announced that both Hobbit films would be made in New Zealand and kept here. And he said in a speech that this keeps us on the world stage as a great place to make movies. Now, however, because uh -huh. it's not all rosy. I mean, good news is bad news, right? There were some concessions that were made in the deal, including an extra $35 million to keep that filming in New Zealand. And a quick change to labor laws, which oh, unless you were looking God. into it, you wouldn't have necessarily understood the ramifications. So you're telling me in the deal with, uh, quote unquote, the Hobbit law with John Key and the, and the Warner Brothers, they were like, hey, let us film here, but also we're going we to need you're some things You're going to need to slide us a little something. Yeah, and one of those things is that uh, film workers could, could then only be signed on as contractors. And also oh. some New Zealand actors actually stated that they were going to boycott the movie as they had been refused the right to bargain. Oh, jeez. I mean, going back on that, eventually returned when the union promised not to further disrupt any work kind of going on. So there's been a lot of back and forth between the New Zealand government and Warner Brothers, but ultimately it was recorded here, which I think was a benefit to our country. I think it's a win for us technically, but I can totally see where the controversy would lie when someone's like, yeah, we got to change the labor laws to get this to work. Yeah, that's kind of wild. Next comment comes from Tim. How do you blame the actors when they got nothing? And Warner Brothers got a sweeter deal. Sure seems like I heard over and over how it was utter rubbish that Warner Brothers wanted a sweeter deal. Look, the fact is, Warner Brothers were the ones who pressured the New Zealand government to change its employment laws. Okay, but the change in employment laws meant that like those working in the industry as contractors couldn't join a union. Like I, I, I see where Tim is, but like when you can't join a union and you can't take holiday and you can't take sick pay... You can't take part in, like, you know, strike action. I mean, I guess. It's a, it's, it's a bit weird. But Sir Peter Jackson was on the fringe of taking The Hobbit elsewhere. Yeah. Like, Ireland. Ah, I see. Like. So all those jobs that I was kind of, like, talking about before, gone. Schools. Gone. Dublin, yeah. bro. You ever been to Ireland? Nope. Neither. We probably would if they had actually moved there. 
But a quick negotiation was made once uh, New Zealand heard about that, and they were like, all right, we're going to pay the big bucks to keep here. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, though, after all that back and forth, thankfully, the government and Warner Brothers agreed to work together on a long-term strategic partnership. Because as I said, we want to keep those jobs in-house, inshore, making us upgrade. I definitely, but don't you think it's a little bit saucy? Yeah, that it, it is, was like it is a bit spicy. Like, yeah, it is a little bit spicy. Ooh, like a government might, and an organization kind of going back and forth like this doesn't happen often. That's a spicy thing. Next comment comes from Andrew. A few comments here about blackmail and holding the country to ransom. Sorry, I thought Warner Brothers was a business and owes its shareholders the best possible returns on business ventures. It owes New Zealand nothing. <laughs> it's not blackmail. It's negotiating the best possible business deal. I mean, look, from my point of view, Warner Brothers doesn't owe us anything. They're just trying to get the best possible deal done for the best possible return. I mean, look, Warner Brothers prompted New Zealand to change their law so that both parties could benefit. And they made a little bit more money up front. And the New Zealand government got a bunch of tourism revenue. Exactly, look. I get it. They slid the New Zealand government some money too. A, make some money off tourism. I get it. But like, don't you feel like that's a little bit like uh, like the ransom of like Warner Brothers being like, I hey, we'll leave. I mean, that's not blackmail. It, it's it, uncomfortable. And sadly, in the world we live in, it's part of business. But it's not blackmail. Next article comes from Stuff from October in 2017. Headline states, Labor to get the ball rolling on repealing the Hobbit law. Caption reads, the controversial law prevents film workers from collective bargaining. First comment comes from Dean. Let's think about it for a minute. The movies made a profit of $1 billion, yet they needed millions from New Zealand taxpayers, and they needed a law change to enable the studio to pay workers less. Yet the studio made $1 billion. $1 billion. I mean, I see where Dean is saying, like, yo, the studio made $1 billion, $1 billion. The economic contribution to New Zealand from the Hobbit films was recorded in 2011, and it was actually uh, $2.4 billion. Yeah, with a capital B. 2.4. I want billions. Like, like, even though we needed to spend millions of dollars, New Zealand's economy came up on top. Yeah, and I think that is ultimately... A win. That's the long-term goal of what we, you know, what the controversy was about. Yeah. And I mean, look, if the long-term goal is $2.4 billion, bro, sign me up. So for those who don't actually know what collective bargaining is, it's a process in which working people through their unions negotiate contracts with their employers to determine their terms of employment, mm. pay, benefits, hours, leave, health and safety policies, all the regular things that you would look for when you sign up for a job. So they're allowed a say in the matter, essentially. Exactly. It puts them at the same table as the employer, which for a lot of people doesn't always happen. Mm. Next comment comes from Helen. Pay rate is disgusting. Works out to about $6.50 an hour. Heaps working for a $50 voucher for a day's work. The contracts are outrageous. Post-production and production are almost slave labor. Camera lighting seemed to do okay. This was an election breaker for me. You cannot have a country where one sector is exempt from the protection of employment law. I couldn't find any evidence of a $6.50 wage yeah. uh, or voucher work. I mean, often vouchers are given to people who uh, act as extras or fill in work. But to be fair, if there are billions of dollars being made here, do you think we'd ever hear about people getting paid $6 an hour? I mean, and also just how specific 
Helen spoke about this. Mm. It makes me think that Helen does have some inside knowledge. But like, I also want to just like call Helen out a bit. Like, do y'all know what slave labor is? People be throwing that term around, huh? They really like to chuck slave in front of everything and just think that it's all good. Like a little accentuated. Like, I don't think you can compare many things at all to what life was <laughs> as a slave. Just off top. Like, if you're thinking of putting the word slave in a sentence, maybe do not. Maybe rethink this. Because also, when you say almost slave labor, that is all of us, Helen. We are all, we are and, all in that category. But then it also makes me think, like, do you mean that they would pay them, the workers, to shut up? Because I take that as they have enough money to pay people what they're worth. And, it's, and if that's what they were worth, then so be it. Next comment comes from Joanne. Seems fair. I mean, the main actors getting a decent paycheck probably didn't suffer. But all the supporting actors and the team behind the camera wouldn't all be being paid as well. It doesn't feel right to adjust a law solely for a financial benefit. It does make you think they're right. Like, mm -hmm. how do we feel about people in the public knowing and getting to comment on how much money you make? That's actually a, a really good question. I feel like, you know, us as podcasters, we sit here. I look at Joanne's comment and they're saying that the supporting actor is cool. They got paid. But the team behind the camera wouldn't all be getting paid either. I mean... I don't know if that's 100% true. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's kind of weird if you were actually behind the camera being like, like, hey, Joanne, I got I got paid. I got some money. I'm why looking you, good. Why are you talking about yeah. me? Like, that is, I feel like that might make me feel uncomfortable. And then it, bringing it down to us as well. Like, we have a Patreon and people can check to see how many patrons we have mm. and then how much money we're making from that. So people could cast comments on, oh, they're actually making X amount of money. That's wild, blah, blah, blah. They could go into the conversation and talk about it, which would actually make me feel strange. It would make me feel very strange, but you know what it wouldn't change? How much money they're making. Next comment comes from Alec. To Witter Psychophants, have you forgotten that as John Key and Warner's union busted the film industry, your hero, Sir Lord Jackson, maintained his own <laughs> dual union memberships? Classic do as I say, not as I do. Psychophants? Yeah, bro. I had to <laughs> Google that and I'm still unsure about whether I pronounced that wrong. Psychophants is such a weird word. Um, the definition for a psychophant is a person who acts obsequious. Obs, bro, stop. Bro, when the definition. Obsequiously? When the definition of the word has another word that you can't pronounce, <laughs> it's time to go home. Yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. Close if you the wanna, book. If you want to learn out, learn what that word means, you got to do it on your you own. Gotta, yeah, do your own research. Do your own research. We literally exactly. do enough for you. We do, we do. Now, at the height of the dispute, Jackson, who turned New Zealand into, into Middle Earth for the Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. said that the suggestion that actors might have to be employed would actually undermine Warner Brothers' confidence in New Zealand as a stable employment environment. Yikes. Oh my, yo, that's, that's actually mad nasty. Like, could you imagine that as a phone call? Hey, yo, hey, yo, everything uh, under control over there for Lord of the Rings? Not quite. I think we're going to have to look at employing some of these actors. Huh? You gonna, you gonna what? Yeah, we might need to. Yo, you, yo, you breaking up on me, man. Yo, that's not negotiable. You're breaking up on me. Hey, it's Natalie. Um, I'm here in New York and I just wanted to let you all know why I became a patron. I've been a patron for about two years now. And honestly, these guys truly just add so much to my daily life. 
um, whether I'm learning about to work here on Māori or, you know, I'm taking a little coffee break about stag do's. They really tackle and I, I got to use the word. They really unpack so many issues in New Zealand media and the comments section. And it's just invaluable work. You know, I've stayed a patron because they keep moving on up and it's so beautiful to see. You know, we had Unpack, the coffee break. Now we have Coalesce you know, PhD unpacked and they just keep moving up and, and doing new things. And it's so cool. So you guys should all become a patron because they just keep adding to the podcast scene and it's such important work. So please listen and enjoy the episode in your car, on the treadmill, whatever part of the world you're in and share with your friends and whanau. Much love. Next article comes from Stuff, published in December 2013. It's a photo and a pretty horrible one at that. A screenshot of Lord of the Rings. The caption says, Critic Ed Power says New Zealand is the worst option he could imagine for Peter Jackson's adaption of J.R.R. Tolkien's work. He says New Zealand is too young and untouched to capture the essence of Middle Earth. What do you think? First comment comes from Jennifer. One critic, unknown, Peter Jackson award winner this is another example of patriotism and also how it's reflected in journalism like stuff knew exactly what they were doing when they posted this yeah you kind of right with that one they titled someone as critic before their name which is like wild and it's obviously going to invoke a reaction in the comments like before anyone even reads the piece i mean i expect jennifer didn't even read the piece yeah, you're right. They were just calling out this person's unknown critic. And this is kind of why we love and also hate doing the podcast, because we know there are more comments on this article than mm-hmm. a bunch of other articles solely because of the fact that they stated that this is from a critic. And you can see how headlines and articles through how they're shared can push the public in whichever direction they actually want the public to be pushed in. Absolutely, and that's how, I guess, the media, I don't want to say controls, but controls the narrative. Controls the narrative? Yo, what What happened to the... Yo, why is there a tinfoil hat on you here? What are you talking about? Next comment comes from Camille. Good. Keep the big, ugly film companies away. We don't need their money. Oh, Camille. Yikes. Camille, in the deal, an extra $10 million was negotiated for tourist material. And yeah, I mean, as I said before, the government and Warner Brothers are working on a long-term strategic partnership together to promote New Zealand, not only as a place for filming, but also for just a tourist destination. We know how much we need our tourists here. Absolutely. And the fact that Jackson was going to take it overseas, look, I think we did need their money. Yeah, we really, really do. Next comment comes from Alex. I am not a Kiwi, but as always, go New Zealand. And we love it. Look, the patriotism is real. I'm here for it. Now, looking at the stats, in 2006, New Zealand was actually the ninth most patriotic country in the world, which puts us nicely as being more patriotic than the UK, but less than Australia. And during COVID, the outbreak actually led to an increase in Kiwis patriotism as we were perceived as doing well compared to the rest of the world and now it's found in a major study and even on top of that the new zealand attitudes and values study surveyed about 1000 kiwis in the first two weeks of level four lockdown and compared the results to a control group surveyed late in 2019 from that we saw a higher level of patriotism in the lockdown group along with high levels of institutional trust in science 
government, police, and health authorities. I'm just sitting here and I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, yeah, patriotism is kind of good for, I guess, the trust in your country. Mm. But I don't really know if that's so much of a good thing all the time. Well, I mean, if we look at it, the patriotism that people have for the country is what may have led us to do well during those early lockdowns. And just patriotism at its core is just a belief in something bigger than yourself and the country on the whole. So for me... It seems like a great thing. Totally get you. But at the same time, like I look at places like the US and I look at the UK and I look at their patriotism and what it can lead to. But I mean, I feel as though that's going from patriotism to nationalism. But Mm. overall, look, Alex is happy. Yeah. So at the end of the day. Yeah. I guess we're both happy. You know what? You're right. When do we find a comment where we're like, you know what? I'm glad you're happy. Exactly. Next comment comes from Saab. What's wrong with this bloke? New Zealand is the only place for such a movie. Tell Power to come to New Zealand and tell the people face-to-face, or maybe the all-black. Sab's comment really shows how wild it is that, like, the Lord of the Rings is a New Zealand institution. Yep. Like, the fact that they were like, New Zealand is the only place for such a movie, I I can guarantee you that 90% of the movies that anybody else watched, nobody cares where it was filmed. Exactly. No one's thinking like, oh, I wonder what this beautiful scenic tour was from. Exactly. But then it also makes me think like from Sab's comment, like, is Sab positioning the All Blacks as New Zealand's most powerful group? I mean, that's interesting. That's a good question. I mean, the All Blacks, we only unpacked a few episodes ago. Exactly. Next article comes from Al Jazeera from August 2021. Headline states, New Zealand loses Lord of the Rings as Amazon moves filming to the UK. Caption reads, Amazon Studios announced that it will film season two of the Rings series in the United Kingdom rather than New Zealand, with a shooting of season one recently wrapped up. First comment comes from Taran. This is like the only thing New Zealand has. Don't move to the UK. That's actually a sad comment. That's sad. That's actually, that it's sounds sad. like a... Yo, we have more than this. <laughs> this on. isn't our entire identity. Tarab, believe in us. Come on, yo. We got to unpack too. Come on. But I mean, it does speak to the financial value, right? I mean, Amazon is spending at least $465 million on season one. Jeez. Make it the most expensive production history. I won't hit you over the head repeatedly with numbers, but the project employed 1,200 people directly and a further 700 directly. So we're going to be losing out on that for the second season. And I could totally tell why Tehran, from a cultural point of view, but maybe also from a financial point of view, would be like, please don't move to the UK. Exactly. Next comment comes from Richard. New Zealand needs to crack on with its vaccination program. Its tight quarantine rules are limiting economic activity. The UK successful vaccination program means we are open for business. Now, I said on the prior comment that I wasn't going to hit you over the head with numbers, but okay. hey, just uh, bear with me. All right, let's so go. So this article was published August 2021. Yeah. And at that point, there were 28,394 cases in the UK on a seven-day rolling average. 28,000. All right, got you. And in New Zealand, there were five cases on a seven-day average. Now... Of course, different population sizes, don't trip, I got you. Averaging that to the population, the UK had 419 times the cases that New Zealand had. That's a lot of times. (laughs) That is a lot of times. And February 2021 marked the first rollout of vaccines in New Zealand versus 
to Richard's credit, it was December 2020 for the UK. Right. I feel like I'm, I would say, yeah, to Richard's credit, but at the same time, Richard also said that the UK was doing, what, a little bit better or had a successful program. But I feel like they kind of had to uh, speed it up a little. Yeah, they did. And I mean, even just regardless of the numbers, like politicians spoke about it and said they were very gutted and disappointed to learn that Amazon planned on leaving, but insisted it had nothing to do with the studio's experience in New Zealand. Oh... Listen to Which that, you'd, eh? You'd hope that. <laughs> Listen to that, eh? Hey, dreams are free. Dreams hey, are free. look at that. <laughs> Next comment comes from Kingsley. A boy has to become a man. Mum and dad can only cry for a few hours. What kind of proverb is this? Yeah, I don't... Do I need to, like, read the tea leaves a bit more? What's, like, I don't... Yeah. What, I don't actually know what's going on. I kind of understand that, okay, yeah, a boy has to become a man. The, the What grew here has to kind of, like, go off and fly. Yeah. And we can't be too, I guess, not critical, but emotional as a nation to watch our pigeon fly out of the pigeon coop almost. Absolutely. Which kind of asks the question, is New Zealand only good for like startups? Like, is it only oh, a launch pad? Looking at the numbers for startup businesses for to apply in like New Zealand, there are nine grants. Yeah. Now, PwC and the Angel Association says 2021 was the year of record growth and the number of deals and the amount of capital invested. In 2020, marked a 60% increase in deal volume and an 80% increase in money invested. The total amount invested was $260 million. That's wild. That and is wild. To think that there are over 100 like film and TV-related companies in New Zealand alone, to spread that money out, it does kind of sound that we are a launch pad. Yeah. We invest a lot in the little ideas. Do you think that we're kind of like emotional when they like <laughs> go off? Yeah, and I guess in this case... When the boy becomes a man, to bring it back to the comment. <laughs> Kingsley's a poet. I can't oh, lie. shout out Kingsley. Honestly, honestly, do we give that an applause? I think we give that I an got applause. It. Come on, yeah, come on. All right, that's bars. That's Good bars. stuff, Kingsley. <laughs> Next comment comes from Aaron. New Zealand government is full of wacko COVID authoritarians. Look at this. <sighs> Look at this conclusion we've come to. This entire episode has been like an emotional roller coaster. Like yep. we're really getting into the nitty gritty of how we pride ourselves as a nation. With the love comes a lot of passion and patriotism. Blind patriotism that calls people wacko COVID authoritarians. Yeah, but while that could be over the top, we do realize that this has been our pride and joy for what? how long? I mean, I know we only looked at four articles, but there are guaranteed... 40 more that we could have dissected. Mm. Now, neither of us have that kind of time, but regardless, this has been our crown jewel. I can understand Aaron's frustration and name-calling for losing our beloved. Mm. Our beloved indeed. Fucking floor to somebody. You have one new voicemail message. Message received 19th of August at 2.35pm. Hey, I'm Pac. It's Eden. You know, sometimes it can be really hard to know for certain if you're on the right side of history when you're, like, in the middle of making the history. But when you think about the fact that love is... <laughs>